Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <clears throat> Testies in my mouth. <laughs> For the record, I recorded that. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Three, two, one. What are you doing? What's that? Ew. Get on the ground, you fucking pledge. Welcome to the greatest podcast experience of your life. This is the Frat Chat Podcast. Featuring Carlos Garcia and Chris And what's up, everybody? Welcome to our first ever Frat Chat. Woo! Yeah! Yes! You got Carlos Garcia here along with... Chris Moore. Yes. And, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. We're going we're gonna to rock, man. We're going to kick some ass. And uh, before we introduce ourselves, I guess, did you like that sweet intro song? I loved it. It was sweet. That would came from our good buddy, Gazzo. You can follow him on YouTube, Gazzo Music. And on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow him everywhere. Honestly, we love him. This shit is really fucking good. And we can curse on here, so I'm going to get started. Oh, otherwise I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know how to communicate without cursing when he's coaster. Shit fuck ass. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Well, that's a bad one. That is a bad one. You shouldn't that's say sorry. that one. You shouldn't do that. God damn it, Simo. Yucky. And I we see, were canceled. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever since you became a Reddit celebrity, now here you are. Oh, yeah. We found Reddit recently. And um, if you're wondering where Middle America lives, it's on Reddit. It's on Reddit. Dude, the things people see on Reddit is insane. People said some really unfortunate things about my mother, who had nothing to do with any of the jokes that I posted. <laughs> they were all me. Not just kidding. I uh, love your mother. Man. Um, I'd like to take a moment really quickly to thank our sponsor, Moonlife Clothing. That's Don't right. fear the dream. Live the moon life. And you can follow them on themoonlife.com. Moonlifeclothing.com. The moonlifeclothing.com. Please don't fire us on the first day of the show. You can just Google moonlifeclothing, and it's the first link that pops up. And true story, fun fact, we are both comedians, and we really, if you check out our social media, you can uh, check me out at Carlos Does the World, and you can check Simo out at Chris.more.comedy. Chris. Boom, we finish each other's sentences. Then you can check it out for yourselves. We rock Moonlife Clothing on stage, off stage, all the time. It's just simply... Awesome, awesome stuff. So we want to give him a great shout out, and we love you guys. Before we get started, we should we should talk about ourselves. Who are we? Who are you? I, I found you outside my building, and I let you in, and you haven't left since. Who are you, sir? Oh, I am a comedian and actor, and I would say it's probably interesting wondering how someone like me and someone like you have anything in common. It does. It seems kind of like a joke, right? Like a like a, his, a Venezuelan and a gay guy walk into a bar. Correct. Carlos helps me with my Spanish. Um, it's funny because whenever we do shows afterwards, people say, how are you guys friends? I don't understand. But what ties us together is our participation in a Greek organization that will remain nameless because we don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, or get anybody else in trouble. Correct. But it's true. Honestly, we owe knowing each other thanks to this fraternity. Without it, we would have never met. And I just want to say for the record that never, ever have we ever 
have partaken in hazing or have been hazed. I just want to throw that out there <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> this is uh, start off on the right foot because <laughs> people get in a lot of trouble for that kind of nonsense. But we, I mean, um, if we ever were to have been hazed, maybe we could talk about some things that would have happened um, throughout the course of this podcast. But I just want to say once again that we have never been hazed. Right. This sounds a lot like uh, O.J. Simpson's uh, book and documentary, If I Had Done It. Oh, shit. Yeah. It does sound a lot like that. It does like sound that. a lot like that. Can, um, I, can we retract that? We can cut later on. Yeah. That's so... What are we here for? We what are we here for? Give us a little, give us a little rundown, Mister Simo. And by the way, his name is Chris Moore, but I call him Simo. It's weird to find him, name him Chris, call him Chris. I don't like it. So you're gonna hear Simo a lot from me. Just know I'm talking. You know about how him. I got that name? Uh, our fraternity president, when I was rushing, uh, called me Simo, and it stuck. Wow. C for Chris, Mo for Moore. But there's too many Chris's in our fraternity. <laughs> And they were like, ah, uh, what's your name, Chris? No, that won't work. No, we'll call you Simo. Uh, this podcast is simply an overview um, of, our, of our time in the fraternity. And it's basically a survival guide to making friends. Right. And a um, good thing to note is that we pledged during different times. So our experiences are totally different. The fraternity was a totally different place. The, honestly, the perception of fraternities was, was totally different, too. So, Are you calling me old? No, I okay. would call you old as fuck, as oh, they would say. Let me tell you. Uh, I think Simo pledged when Reagan was president. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, that is not true. <laughs> I will say that 90% of my face is fake due to reconstructive surgeries. 5% were purely cosmetic, and the other 5% uh, were just Groupon deals that I couldn't say no to. So I look fresh. He does. He does look fresh. Thank you. You never, you never know what he's thinking either. He's got a great poker face. Just because he can't move it. <laughs> I can't move. I'm so excited right now, but you would have no idea. I'm smizing. That's all I can do. And not only are we going to talk about our experiences, we're going to talk about fraternities in general. You know, uh, fraternities have had this this portrayal for really the last 30, 40 years since Animal House and uh, different kinds of movies like that that come out where... You know, not everybody gets to see what it's like to be in a real fraternity. And, you know, like you were, we were talking about it off air. There's different kinds of fraternities, too. There are. Uh, so we had the conventional social fraternities and sororities that we know from movies. Uh, but then there are also service fraternities and professional fraternities, which are very different. And for the sake of this podcast, practically irrelevant yeah they don't really matter sorry guys i mean do they matter <laughs> i don't want to be a dick about it but like oh, but seriously like matter? come on especially in, in that particular time of your life like i don't know i guess people do it for the resume though you they know? do it for the resume i mean there's uh there's no pledge process i mean maybe there is i don't know i'm assuming there's no pledge process i'm assuming that there was no socials there's no fun yeah, <laughs> there's no fun. <laughs> Let's get together and volunteer. Now, volunteerism was a big part of our fraternity. It was. Um, but it wasn't the main focus. Right, The main right. focus was to socialize. Totally. And I will say that that socialization, my big word of the day, is really what has led to some of my longer lasting connections that have helped me out in my personal and professional life all these years. You know, it's really just making these connections because... <laughs> 
it's weird, but you never know who you're getting drunk with at 22 is going to turn out to be at 32. You know, it's correct. I, I will agree with that. And I'll, and I'll piggyback on that and say that I don't think I would have been as successful in the modeling industry post college if it wasn't for the networking that I learned to do throughout my stay in um, college at that fraternity that will will remain nameless. Oh, yeah. And, I, and honestly, I have to say, I don't know that I would be in, in, in comedy and acting and entertainer if it wasn't if, if I wasn't in the fraternity, because in a way it let me kind of come up with my own show. You know what I mean? And learn to speak publicly and do things that would get me attention that kind of spark that bug in my head of, you know what? Like you always did want to be an actor. Maybe you can be. You know, if you always wanted to be on stage, maybe you can be. And it gave me the confidence in myself because, you know, sometimes I, God knows I wasn't the most confident fella ever. Correct. Let's talk about the process of rush. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the topic of today's episode. And before we, you rushed, you know, what did you think about fraternities? And be honest here, uh, you know, did you like them? Did you, did you not? Were you, did you go to college thinking you were going to do a fraternity? What, what was it like for you? I only knew from what I saw in movies, Mm -hmm. and I never thought I would actually join a fraternity until the chapter president asked me if I'd consider it. Wow. So being new on campus and not knowing anyone, it was very comforting to have someone shout my name in the student union, invite me over to eat lunch with the popular kids. Mm -hmm. I knew no one. What was your first experience with with all the brothers? What was your first impression? I went to a crush party. So I, <laughs> so my freshman year, my first but for the th- record, well, you should explain what a crush party is. Um, a crush party is basically an occasion where a organization will rent out a bar. In the particular case of a fraternity, you invite mostly girls because you already have a sausage fest with everybody coming, uh, and everybody just gets drunk and has a good time. A lot well, of we provide transportation, so it's right, safe. Right, no one drinks and drives. It's you know you buy a ticket and you know it's it's it's. A, it's just a very wild party, but I got a lot my of first fun. alcohol citation, really? um, first of many, after my first crush party. Can I tell you a secret? What's that? I got a BJ at crush party while I was sitting at a table. Dude, that's disgusting. Yeah. From one of your pledge brothers? <laughs> no, I gave them one. Honestly, so um, <laughs> did you ever do anything gay during during pledging? pledging? No, never. And honestly, like that was the thing that they always told us. It's like. Doing an elephant walk, how does that make you someone's brother? That's not... An elephant you know walk I mean? is when you put one thumb in the butthole of the person in front of you and one thumb in your mouth. And then they say switch, and then you switch. I thought it was when they when they all grab dicks in a circle and walk around because it's like elephants it. grabbing trunks. Maybe what I just said was wishful thinking. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's like the thing. They always told us, you know, we would never embarrass you publicly. We will never humiliate you. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be your brother. So why would we do something like that to you? Um, But note that there are fraternities out there to do some fucked up stuff. You know, I my my guess only impression of the fraternity simply was just the kick ass parties. My sister hung out with a lot of fraternity brothers. Before she she hung out with them. Um, Well, she married one. Oh, so uh, yes, but she told me when I first started college, she's like, "You should hang out with these guys because they're really cool, really nice. They grow, they throw great parties." And I thought, "Why not?" You know, I trusted her, and uh, here I am. This was back in 1983. By the way, you're a motherfucker. You're an ass. Okay, so I do want to just say that even though there's a formal rush week, it's a formal process. Uh, throughout the semester, you're always rushing. 
Yep. So that crush party was a form of rush because they invited me, some random Joe, to come to this party uh, so that they could butter me up. Right. And also know that they are, you know, in a fraternity, it's it's really, it is an organization. So everybody has a different job. And there are people who are particularly good at rushing, so they do that. There's people who are just cool. So they would throw a party and their only job was just to sit there and be cool. And then the rush would bring them to that person's party. And, you know, let them do the rest. There are people who were great at setting up the events, like, you know, like uh, all like the fundraising. Um, that was me. Charity work. That was me. Nice. I choreographed the homecoming dance routines as well. Yes. Yes, you did. Multi-talented. That's actually individual. how I met Simo. Uh, he had already graduated and he came back to ensure that our dance routines were up to par. And uh, if I didn't think he was gay when I heard him talk, I definitely <laughs> thought he was gay then. <laughs> I had to wear a disguise because we weren't allowed to bring yeah, back a lot. ridiculous. And and by the way, how did how did people in, in the chapter not know you were gay then? It's like, really? Like, you came back just to ensure that our dancing was on par. I mean, uh, that's And they were shocked. <laughs> you know, I um, I think that it didn't shock anyone when I came out of the closet. I came out after I graduated. It was not a shock, but as soon as I said it out loud, people felt some kind of way. And this will be an episode uh, down the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely had a very strong reactions towards my way for coming out of the closet. Um, some were good, but most of them were, were not so great. And we'll discuss that in another episode yeah but uh and also i'd like to talk about for me my perspective on fraternities what do you think before um honestly the only thing i ever saw was movies as well i i'm originally from caracas venezuela and i moved to the states right before i turned 13 so really i I had never been exposed to a fraternity other than anything i had seen on like an american pie or a national lampoon movie something like that do they show that in venezuela um yeah i thought it was just Telenovelas. Oh, well, we have some fantastic telenovelas, senor. Um, I used to watch a couple myself. But, yeah, no, we uh, Venezuela, uh, I mean, it really, it was very Americanized, especially in the 90s. Right now, it's going through uh, some tougher times, so uh, shout out to my people. But, yeah, you, you had access to a lot of these things, and we, and we had satellites, so I could watch TV in English. So I would get TV in real time, you know, like, like I think we had like a like a ghetto HBO channel that would give us movies and shit like that. So I was always exposed to it. But going into college, I was like, I would never join a fraternity. This is like the lamest thing ever. You're paying for your friends, blah, 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 blah. Not about it. But my one of my friends, one of my best friends, actually, who uh, whose wedding I am going to this weekend in beautiful Mexico, were, were you invited because they want you to be there or they needed a translator? Oh, I'm for honest. sure they need a translator. Okay. In case shit goes down, you know, someone needs to talk to the cartel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, however, I will say that if, if shit does go down, I'm going to be like, hey, kill the gringos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you guys. <laughs> but, yeah, that you know, I was totally against it. My friend ended up doing it first. And... Uh, he was kind of like my, my my test rat, you know, like I was watching him from kind of afar and, you know, he, he did it in the spring of our freshman year. So I was kind of seeing like, OK, is this worth it? Is this not? And then we lived together sophomore year. So basically at that point, 
we would start throwing our own parties, you know, and the brothers would actually come to my apartment. So I got kind of in with the fraternity before I officially pledged. And I started making friends with a lot of the guys where it's like, you know what, like, I might as well join. And at the time, I like didn't even have a major figured out a mayor's like what I want to do in college. Um, I had no idea. So I was like, I need to do something to boost my resume. So maybe this will be something that I can do. It's interesting you say that because I think that when you're a freshman uh, in, in college after high school, you're still in resume booster mode. Because mm-hmm. in high school, towards the end, you're buckling down to make sure that your resume is stellar so that you can get to the college of your choosing. Right. Um, I think that I was still focused on resume, resume, resume. So what attracted me to this fraternity at the time was that we we were the largest fraternity in the world. So mm. I thought, well, that sounds like, like a good too. idea. That and we had very, point. very prominent uh, and successful fraternity members across the globe. Yep. And I just thought that would be a great asset to fill my resume. And they got me with that, too. There was, uh, I believe at the time, it was like over 240,000 members worldwide, which is just Huge, yeah. I don't know if it's the biggest now, but it was that. I I rushed with a buddy of mine, so so we we did it together. And when you the first day, all the fraternities they come and they discuss what makes them the best. Mm-hmm. And in the presentation that our fraternity gave, uh, they discussed that they were the largest in the world. But they also mentioned that they do a lot of work with. Alzheimer's Foundation, which was important to me because my grandfather had died with Alzheimer's. Uh, so I kind of thought, well, this was going to look fantastic when I apply for jobs after I graduate. Now, I do want to just, um, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I want to just turn the conversation ever so slightly. Would you now put your involvement in the fraternity on a resume Looking for work. And I ask this because if you Google our fraternity, the search is written with controversies. So there's hazing accusations, there's date rape allegations, there's sex tape scandals, acts of racism, and anti Semitism, alcohol related deaths, the list goes on and on. And no, this is uh, worldwide, not like this is our, not chapter. our chapter. <laughs> but when people Google they our fraternity, right, they will not I don't want to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of. I, I don't. I don't regret joining, but mm. I don't feel comfortable putting this on my resume. Here's my thing. I think that depending on how long you've been out of college, is if I would list it or not. Like for example, at this point, I've been out for what, like nine freaking years, almost ten. So there's no point as to why I would need to put that on a resume. You know what I mean? It's it's irrelevant as to any skills that I could use now. But if I'm a year or two out and that's all I have, but and I was maybe like. Uh, in charge of the fraternity finances or something like that, then yeah. Or if you're in charge of setting up, you know, uh, the charity events, then yeah, you can list that. But it's a short time window because technically speaking, you can Google anything and bad things will happen. You know what I mean? You can say you work for the U.S. government, but maybe you were part of an administration that people hate it. But you maybe know. I guest starred on the Cosby Show. Exactly, exactly. There yeah. you go. Um, so That's you valid. just, you you know, it's like it just. It's the kind of thing that depends on what you did. Now, if you were a social chair, which basically just means you set up parties, and, you know, that's not really a skill. I'm sorry, social chairs. I know plenty of you that list that and try to put it off as something useful, but it's crap. (laughs) I think most of the social chairs that I know are now in recovery with alcoholism. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And that's, that's actually interesting, though, like... 
I did not think of my resume at all when I joined, when, when I went to college, not when I joined, I should say. I was not thinking of my resume when I, when I went to college because college in the States is different than in Venezuela. For example, in Venezuela, you go to high school, but then you go to college and you come out of college, a doctor, a lawyer, something, you know, you're there for four or five years, whatever your profession entails, and you're out as a profession. Meanwhile, in the U.S., you have to go to undergrad and then figure your shit out. And then if you want to, you know, then be a lawyer, then you have to go back to school and do that. If you want to be a doctor, you have to go back to school, blah, blah, blah. So I knew that anything that I wanted to do, I would probably have to go back to school for. So I picked a school that was good enough to kind of like get me hired somewhere, but also where I could have the most fun. You know, that was really like why I chose. We had a lot of fun. Uranus. Yes. We'll bleep that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave him the eagle eye. The, yeah. God damn it, Carlos. We talked about this. No, no, that's why work. That's why I chose my school. You know, it looked like a cool area. The, the city it was fucking awesome. And so that's really my prime motivator. And it was close enough to home where if I fucked it all up, I can always run home to mommy and daddy. Uh, even though I pay for college myself, I'm not one of those entitled kids. When I my second semester in school, uh, at, in college... I was desperate to find friends because I was in the theater department and I just thought everyone was weird. What do you now, mean? I'm actually a, the coolest kid. I'm actually a really good friends with a lot of them now, but at the time I was like, these guys are weird. Like they wear their house clothes out. What is this? I just, I, I felt like I just didn't fit in. And so I was really desperately finding some place where I fit in. I joined the swim club while in the fraternity, and that was oh, like really? such a cr- clash of worlds because the people that joined the club team, some of them were really awesome, but some were kind of like geeky nerds. Yeah. And, you know, at least with the fraternity, I, I will say that the status that wearing those damn letters would give people on campus would be would be significantly higher from the letters that some people that were total losers got away with being quote-unquote cool just because of it. But the swim club doesn't get that Speaking kind of, of status. losers, do you know who used to come party with us uh, during, like, winter break or summer vacation? Billy Bob Thornton. Get the fuck out. Well, yeah. he was from the same area. Yeah, he used, to, he used to come, like, once in a blue moon to a random party at, like, R. Kelly's mansion. Ugh. What a weirdo. Those are uh, apartment uh, complexes in the area, by the way. They all burnt down. They did. All of our favorite bars burnt down. All of our places where we used to live burnt down. Yeah, everything we love burns down. One time we built a playground. I made everyone build a playground in the inner city. And uh, gangs torched Just to burn it down. (laughs) Everything burns down. (laughs) Everything we touch goes up in flames. (laughs) Wait, who did you make build a playground? How do you? That was before you. But I got on my high horse. I was like, you know what, guys? Like, we are privileged. We we have uh, disposable funds to pay for dues, to have these crazy parties, have a lot of fun. We don't eat out of trash cans. We have a roof over our head. We're privileged. And part of being a privileged member of society is to give back. So put on your boots. Put on your gloves. We're going to build a playground for some kids. And then a week later, <laughs> Tell me you got, like, approval to do this and you just pick a spot. <laughs> oh, no, no. We, we, we worked with another organization. <laughs> okay, okay. And there's photos. It's like one day, we're, we're going to-, to your mother's house. We did a really good job. Cool. Those kids had a lot of fun for one week. Nice. A lot of fun. Jeez. I, I, um, I, in counseling, we were discussing um, coming out of the closet. And they were like, 
Um, do you feel that maybe joining a fraternity was a way that you could avoid coming to terms with your sexuality because people wouldn't question if you were gay as much if you were in a fraternity which is seemingly, I guess, not very gay? Uh, and I think so, maybe. No, not at all. A bunch of dudes hanging out together all day, every day. Not, not gay at all. <laughs> totally there, straight. There are some things that are kind of gay. Super gay. A lot of streaking. That's kind of gay. Yeah, I was never a streaker, though. I, I wasn't either. You know what? Uh, I did moon. Anderson Cooper. My um, first weekend at college, and I got my first citation, <laughs> which was indecent exposure. Wow. I'm a, I'm a grower, expunge. not a shower. It's a, oh, it's expunge? I'll keep yes. that. You're a comedian. No way. I think I'll be great. Well, actually, though, because indecent exposure doesn't really sound cool. It's not like it just, it should say mooning. It should say mooning. And decent exposure makes you sound. I didn't want to be a predator. Sound, I didn't want to be like <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, yeah. Like Pee Wee Herman in a the movie oh theater. Oh, my gosh. Right? <laughs> I, and then I got expunged through the fraternity because I got the hookup with some lawyers. Okay, so let's get back to Rush Week. So Rush Week, let's, for, for our listeners, let's just make sure that we are on the same page. Rushing is joining the fraternity, by the way. We're gonna, you're going to be throwing out some lingo Correct. out there. I think that one was pretty self-explanatory. I think people use Rush and Pledge. So yes. um, during Rush Week, it's the fraternity's opportunity to impress all these, poten- these young, quality guys with a lot of potential. These dudes, not gay at all, by the way, courting dudes all week. We Correct. T- we take them on events. Like at the dinners. end of the week, uh, we discuss it amongst ourselves, but we extend bids to the ones that we want to join our fraternity. And if the Rushi accepts and signs the bid, then they are officially a pledge. Then they go through a pledging process you know, as long as their payment goes through. If they don't have money, then I'm sorry, you can't be our friend. Yo, fuck you. We want your money. Not you. So there's, there's like a science behind it because the more people you bring to a rush event, the more quality guys that you can expend, uh, extend a bid to. And the Hopefully. more bids that are accepted, the more pledges you'll get and the more money you'll make since everyone has to pay dues. Right. So Which more, means you can do cooler stuff. Yeah, the more dues you collect, the more parties you can have. Uh, so that being said technically every rush that walks through the door is a potential dollar sign for us. It's, right. it's, it's a business. That's true. It is a business. And you know, that's why the chapter accountant basically is, is such an important job because Chrysopolis is what we call them. You're right. We, we go the by treasurer. Greek names, the treasurer. Exactly. Um, because if you collect all these dues, but don't spend it correctly and fuck it all up, then the chapter does go broke. And once you go broke, then your nationals doesn't support you anymore because you have to pay dues to them too nationally. So the chapter collects dues from us and then a percentage of those dues, which is a high percentage of it, goes to then to paying national dues, which covers the fraternity and all kinds of things. And then money goes to insurance in case there's an accident. Exactly. Let's talk about a particular accident. So the semester before I rushed, apparently they had a stripper... Do you remember the? Do you know what I'm talking I'm about to say the tooth incident? Did no, you hear about this? No. Okay, so the, the, the semester before I rushed, there was an incident. That's a great. That's a great way to proceed in a story. By the way, a stripper and the tooth incident. Okay. Yes. I'm intrigued. Some proceed. Rushy, at the fraternity house, uh, lay down on the ground, and this stripper hadn't put a vibrator in his mouth, <laughs> and then I guess she was going to oh. sit on it and do some tricks. Oh. Well, this vibrator chipped his tooth. Wow. And so when you 
raise money or you collect dues, a lot of that money goes to insurance because sometimes you have to fix a poor kid's jacked up grill. And if his parents knew about it, then I'm sure they had to give the family hush money to not, uh, you know, tattle. Well, however, there here here we're speculating. So I don't know if they do hush money. It's not there. Like underhanded I, dealings, like the fraternity has a guy in a trench coat. I said hush money based off things I see on TV. It could be settlements if they get could, sued. Correct. But you know, again, we're we're speculating here. So don't sue us, guys. <laughs> but but I think that they. I, I feel like maybe that was why my rush week wasn't as impressive. We didn't have strippers mm-hmm. when I rushed. But they took we us didn't to, have strippers either. They took us to Bill Bateman's for all you can eat wings. Yes. And all the cool guys that I met at the initial rush event weren't there. It's all like the herbs. Right. Uh, when I say herbs, it's kind of like we had a semester we just like let in anyone, and it was. Quantity over quality, and that was because we were desperate for more money. Right. And so we let a lot of people in that I really don't think are a good representation of our organization. Uh, but we need the money. And so... You'll uh, do I a had, lot of things for money. I You're had young. the pleasure of hanging out with them for all you can eat wings. I don't think they asked me any questions. That they sucks. just shoved chicken in their face. See, I went to a couple of rush events, but... My like we had we always did the wing thing even even by the time that I was there and I went to that one because it was a free meal to be honest and I might have uh, particularly uh, been under the influence of a certain herb that makes you very hungry. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oregano, yes, oregano, people. Mm-hmm. It's great seasoning. Um, but also, like I said, my 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 roommate at the time was in the fraternity, so a lot of the events that I went to were because we would split a car. You know, we, we, sometimes he would drive my car, sometimes I would drive his, and we'd share a parking spot on campus. But you know, my my rush week itself, like a lot of the people that I ended up pledging with, thought I was a brother. So none of them were, would even talk to me. They would just be like oh, awkward wow. about me because they thought I would like. They were like trying to impress me or something, I guess. I don't know. But it was like weird, you know? It was a kind of a different kind of a thing. But with that being said, we the fraternity did have more money and the houses were nicer that we were living in. So there was like a football night one night. We had a um, video game night, I think. Yeah, I think that we kind of did football and video games. I feel like I went to the video game night and after five minutes, I was like, uh, I'm going to go stupid. drink in my dorm. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, see, and I, and I was under, since I was a sophomore, I honestly, at that particular time, I was kind of full of myself, and <laughs> I was like, they'll be lucky to get me. So you pledged after I graduated. I'm shocked because I remember every semester after me had a stripper. So you never had a stripper? Never. That's interesting. Never, never. We just had you. I got to look at your modeling <laughs> pictures. Oh. <laughs> it was great. But I treated Rush Week as like, you'll be lucky to get me, and I was really like, like playing like kind of hard to get here. Oh, you know I was what I mean? like, please take me, please take me. I, I want to be cool. Can I, can I be part of the club? Um, but had they not given me a bid, I probably would have been like, so like upset, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it was an hour never thing for me, you know, like, um, I, I just want to touch on, um, stripping one last time. And that is, um, he has a stripper pole in his apartment, by the way. So there might be, Oh, I'm a champion pole dancer. And when I say champion pole dancer, (laughs) I really mean that I've gotten crowd favorite twice at a regional competition. After a few drinks, I'll tell people that I am a national, uh, champion, um, which is not entirely correct. But let me tell you, I can turn out some tricks and, I'm not showing my cervix for a quarter, but like I'm, you know, pretty gifted. Turning tricks on the pole. One pole, sometimes two poles at once. I used to love sometimes even three. I used to (laughs) 
Um, uh, on Saturdays, maybe. Uh, I, I used to love when the strip, I just thought they were so beautiful and like so talented. I was so mesmerized by it. And um, they would have these guys lay down on their back, but no dildos this time. No, no mm-hmm. vibrators. They would lay down and they would put lightsabers on the tip of their nose. And then the girls would squat down and, and like suck them up with their um, vaginas. How the fuck do you do that? I don't know. It was, I mean, it was like incredible. I, I am I like, like wow, that's so great. That honestly takes kind of some kind of training. Like you can't just, how do you do that? <laughs> and then I remember afterwards, I would always talk to the girls and we'd be Facebook friends <laughs> and, and I would be like, so what are you really going to do? Like with your life, um, after you're done with, with this. And they're always, and of course they're always like, um, we're models on the side. And I was like, oh wow, me too. But I don't have any lifesaver tricks. Right. It's like a, when someone comes up to you after a set, like, hey, they're a great set. Like, hey, there, I love how you swallowed that shit up with your pussy. <laughs> Fantastic. Man, she's really asking for, like, an infection. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. healthy. I wouldn't even want to be on, on the laying down side of that, though, because that's the thing. This is a job. So she came from probably doing this somewhere else and will go to doing this oh. somewhere else. It's like, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not about that laugh hey, until she, I get a boner. Well, she farted. <laughs> She farted. Yuck. And I'm not about uh, getting pink eye either. Not, not about that. Correct. Okay, so did you ever have, am I allowed to say his name? Uh, um, you can say it, and basically what we're going to do here is we're going to bleep it, but we don't bleep shit here. We have the random name generator, and okay. basically every time you say someone's name, a name will be said instead. Oh, that sounds nice. And it will be replaced by a random word generator, so some, they will be different every time, and we'll see what happens. Okay, so so one year, our chapter president paid to invite this highly accredited Rush consultant named Chodzilla! And there was so much hype associated oh, with this quote-unquote fraternity legend. Um, <laughs> uh, he actually just recently retired from his quote-unquote career, oh my if God. you want to call that that. How uh, old was he? Oh, when he came to see us? Well, I mean, he was now he, he looked like he was old as shit when I heard about him. Ugh. Okay, so I just remember like one week at our chapter meeting, some weird old guy bursting out of his pleated khakis, had bust into our formal meeting, he didn't know any of the rules. So when you have a formal meeting, there's rules, you know. There's right. a lot of very strict right. rules. He didn't know any of them. Uh, and um, he kept speaking out of turn, and his his voice resembled that of, like, a Muppet. <laughs> he looks like if Ron Jeremy now just let himself go. And that's yeah. saying something. Like, God, this guy. He's Total like- predator. Color. <laughs> if you would turn on <laughs> to catch a predator and you saw him, you would not be surprised. Bad news. <laughs> I didn't meet him. I didn't meet him in person, but from the picture, he looks like he's like four eleven, but like three hundred and seven pounds. <laughs> and he kind of talked like this. <laughs> uh, so, so he kept talking a lot, and then uh, at one point, he was his message was simple. He was like, "If you take anything from my being here, remember this: all young men like three things: food, booze, and pussy." <laughs> Well, I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that I myself like one, sometimes two of those things. <laughs> How did he say it? Coming from him. Ah, he's like, ah. <laughs> all young men like three things. Food, booze, pussy. 
And then he spent a week in the fraternity house making his famous gumbo that kept us all in the fucking shitter, dude. He gave us the run so fucking bad. And so if you if you Google him online, it, it shows, like, every picture of him, he's wearing an apron. We, wait, let's look at a picture of him. Let me see if I can find. Oh, God. Um, man, he's, what a mess. What a mess. And, I'm, and of course, he's feeding you gumbo. You know, he wants to clear your ass out before he gets Maybe. in it. He was know? a close talker, and he was. Um, some people touch too much. <laughs> I got creepy vibes from him. And, and the boner he had all week probably didn't help, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm pulling up a, a recent photo of him. Let's see. We'll see. Okay, That's so true. this is Sue. It looks like he put a fork in, like, an outlet. It looks like uh, Richard Simmons's, like, fat dad or something like that. Like, he, he's got, like, this big fro. Um, who is that? The guy who paints. Uh, Bob Ross? Like a fat Bob Ross. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Exactly. Like, that's pretty much Ew, the best way I can put it together. And nothing against fat people, by the way. I grew up super fat myself, so uh, I can say it. Um, I can say he, the F word. He looks homeless and if he's going like a we, like a very nicely dressed hobo, <laughs> he I mean he's wearing pleated khakis. Don't even get started on that. But I, I feel That's like nice for me. I, <laughs> I I feel like if you're going every week to a different fraternity, a different chapter, you really don't have a home. So is it safe to say right. that maybe he was homeless? Did he have a family? We were his family. Were we his family? <laughs> I don't know. That's I guess. That's so sad. Now I feel bad <laughs> saying all the things that I did. What do you mean? He had 240,000 brothers. <laughs> he <laughs> told us about... So I won't say which president, but there we have a lot of notable alumni. And one of the presidents of the United States uh, wrote him a get well card oh. um, because he had like some weird surgery <laughs> that was because of his unhealthy lifestyle. He's very vague about it. It was Trump. He's like, uh, get well with the herpes. Uh. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a nutcase. That's my Trump. That was so... I remember uh, the president of the fraternity would say, yeah, you guys, I um, I brought him here. I'm like, don't admit that. <laughs> that was $1,000. And that doesn't even cover the plumbing for I'm all the clogged toilets. <laughs> And where would he sleep? Like, he slept Ew, in the yeah. house? No, I think that he paid, I think that we paid him $1,000 for the week, and then we also covered his room and board. So I, I'm assuming what? that we probably put him up at, like, one of the hotels across the street from campus. Wow. I, I used to do PR, and I swear to God, there were, like, B-level actors that charged less than that. Really? That's insane. Wow. That is insane. Well, then again, hotels are really fucking cheap in Baltimore, you know, compared to out here. But still, Wh- whoever that was r- just wasted all your money. I know. Ugh. <laughs> what a waste. Um, so were there any events that really stuck out to you as far as, you know, Rush Week that decided to make you want to join? Or how did the process of, OK, I'm rushing. I, I actually want to do this. Go. You know what? My best friend at the time was gung-ho about it. And so I panicked because I thought, you know, if he joins this fraternity and then he's busy every night doing fun things, Mm -hmm. then I'm left out. I had a similar thing. So I was like, well, I guess I I really should. And I actually kind of liked the guys that were all rushing as well. And so I thought, well, these might be, you know, really good friends of mine. And some of them are. Mm-hmm. I joined because someone else did, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah, honestly, for me, it wasn't that far off because, like I said, even though I was playing hard to get, 
um, I was my roommate was in in the fraternity, and our our third roommate, there were three of us, was going to join the semester. Wait, who was already in? Who was it? Uh, Shit titties. Oh yeah, getting married this weekend. Correct. Congratulations. Shit titties. Yeah. And so for me, it became. A, I know for a fact I'm not going to want to join after they're both in because that would be kind of humiliating. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be the pledge for, for both of them. And if I don't do this now, I never will. And I feel like then I'm still going to be hanging out with a lot of these guys often. So like you said, like I'm going to miss out on a lot of stuff. So I decided to, you know what, like I'll, I'll accept the bid and kind of with my like maybe I'll quit thing if I don't like it. But I never I knew that I was never going to quit. But they make it hard to quit. And we'll discuss that another episode. Yes. I think looking back, looking back, I think that when you're in a new environment, you're always searching for your tribe, mm-hmm. you know. So the idea of rush is really to kind of offer a family dynamic to the poor, lonely kid who's homesick. Right, and know? and I have to say, it it did give me that too. Like I, I spent many an Easter dinner at you know my brothers' you know houses with their families and different yeah. things like that. And I think that you know being a fraternity was like a promise of unlimited booze and parties and. Right. Um, it was it was uh, giving me the opportunity to be to be cool because I wasn't really cool in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's funny because it's really no different than um, if you if you search deep enough, you can find similarities between the rush process and maybe even uh, the street gang mentality of providing a sense of community to the neglected. Right. You know. And and, and even though. <sighs> This is totally a drawback because sometimes they fraternities will act like gangs, and even though it's like a bunch of fucking white kids with <laughs> their mom's credit card, like, but you know, there would be things where like there were beefs between different fraternities and stuff like that, and we'll talk, we'll cover that another day. Oh gosh, we had a pledge brother that quit, and I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, if you can hear me, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess that's the case. Um, did the fraternity, did we choose the fraternity or did the fraternity choose us? Uh, I, I chose it. I wouldn't yeah, have done any other else uh, for sure. Like, I, But I would court other fraternities during rush week because I knew that I could get free shit that week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially once I was doing it as a sophomore, like I knew the deal by then, you know, and you know that you have two semesters each year and that rush week, there's going to be parties everywhere and you'll get in anywhere. And you just have to say, yeah, I'm thinking about joining, man. Yeah. And then literally it was like, I mean, I, I don't know why you joined to stay closeted. I've never gotten so, many, so much attention from dudes. <laughs> and, and I've been to I wasn't ready for you. it. You know, everyone has their own journey. <laughs> That's true. Carlos, would you do it again? Hell Knowing yeah. what you know now. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. I too. loved it. It really, I, I love my journey now, you know, and I think I'm currently living the best time of my life and I think it's only going to get better. But looking back at those memories and looking back at pictures, I very often wake up thinking, man, I would love to just be able to have another week of that or something. Just look through yeah. it again. Uh, yes, especially knowing what I know now. So let's see. I, I think we are getting towards the end of our first episode. Uh, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts? Anything on Rush that you want to put out there? Anything on our good friend? Chodzilla! Um, I don't want to discuss Chodzilla! Anymore because my stomach is churning and thinking of that rancid ass shit that he would make. He basically paid $1,000 for an enema. <laughs> for laxatives. 
You know what I mean? I mean, in New York, it's probably more expensive than that. So when someone comes and cooks you dinner and you're like, I'd rather have the campus food, you know, that shit's bad. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, I would say uh, final thoughts is stay tuned for the next series of episodes. Cause we're going to dive deep into some things that I don't think. Um, we're supposed to talk about, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Yes, we'll tell you, Are you who nervous? killed Kennedy. I'm excited, man. I'm I, a little nervous. I don't know why, because I know cause I, I. I feel like um, I don't want people to get mad at me. But I mean, on one sense, I don't care. The other sense, I'm like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, some of the stuff we're talking about, people don't talk about. That's true. That is true. But man, I honestly think that it was such a fun journey and so many good things and hilarious things. And, you know, I, I think it's something that we got to talk about. You There's know? a lot of fun stuff, but but uh, we, we would not do a good job if we weren't objective and talked about exactly. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because and I'm here to talk about the ugly. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, Chodzilla! the ugly. <laughs> And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we want to leave this up to whoever is listening out there. If you are about to go to college or maybe you're thinking of joining a fraternity, then you can at least have both points of view before you decide to check it out. You know, if we're Correct. sitting here either singing the praises or just shitting on it overly, over and over, you're not going to get the full point of view. So you're going to get our truthful, honest experiences. So then you can figure out from there. Um, you already heard us both say that we'd do it again in a heartbeat. So obviously, it wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. Um, with that being said, if you like what you heard, you can give us a follow on social media at Frat Chat Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions or topic suggestions that you want to send us, feel free to shoot us an email at fratchatpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you'd like to potentially sponsor the show, also, shoot us an email at fratchatconnect at gmail.com. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and close this chapter meeting. Can, I, can someone second that? Uh, second. Okay. Ciao. See you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.